brand new episode of Virtual Coffee. My name is Alexa Collier and on this podcast I chat with small business owners, early career professionals, we chat about their stories, how they founded their businesses, their pieces of advice to others, in general just capturing their perspectives, ideas, and thoughts. I'll also sometimes have solo episodes where it's just me chatting about a topic that's been on my mind lately. It's usually a topic that is related to careers, small businesses, early career professionals, right? Just still bringing the topic back to my audience and my main mission of this podcast, which is to accelerate those small business owners and those early career professionals. So today is one of those solo episodes. I will be discussing the Enneagram, which will be a very fun topic. I'm looking forward to diving into it. But before we do, as always, I would really appreciate if you could rate and review Virtual Coffee on the Apple Podcasts app. Always helps us out. And you can also follow us along on pretty much any social media platform. It's all at Virtual Coffee Podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening and supporting the podcast. Now let's dive into this episode. So before we dive into the topic of Enneagram, just some quick life updates. This week has been very nice. I took Monday and Tuesday off. I'm actually recording this on Tuesday and going to publish this episode later tonight. Uh, Sometimes that's how it's done. You record and and publish the same day. Um, But I took yesterday and today off really just to reset, relax. I just needed, I noticed myself kind of going towards burnout. So before I got to that stage, I figured I'd take control of it, take a couple days off just to relax and come back ready to jump back into my projects. So it's been really nice just having a four-day weekend. I am ready to go back tomorrow, but as always, it's always that like bittersweet feeling of I want to go back. I'm ready to go back to my routine, back to work, but also... I wish I could have off forever. <laughs> it's a, it's an internal struggle that I'm sure many of you are familiar with. Um, so that was fun. And yesterday, Nathan, my husband, actually took me to Orange Theory. So he's been going there for about a month now. If you're not familiar with Orange Theory, it's a HIT-based workout. So that high-intensity high intensity interval training. Yes, high-intensity interval training it workouts um and so he's been going there for a month and really likes it and i've been doing yoga i've always really done yoga ever since moving to raleigh so for about two and a half years but obviously took a pause when covid was really bad so uh decided just to go with him to orange theory try it out since i had the day off and i will say i was kind of against it. I like yoga. I like how it's physical and mental, but Orange Theory was really fun. It really was a very intense workout. So definitely pushed my body more than yoga does, I would say. So I think I'm going to swap over to Orange Theory for now and and see how that goes. So that's exciting for me. Kind of a a routine change there, which doesn't happen often for me. Um, But yeah, I think those are just some two quick life updates that have been top of mind. Yeah, so let's dive in now into Enneagram. Reason why I wanted to chat about this topic is because we've 
been talking about it for a little bit now at work with my coworkers who I sit next to every day. And one of them, shout out to Jeremy, is very into the Enneagram and has, you know, brought some best practices, tips and tricks to the team, how we can apply it to work. And it's really fun just to dive into conversations with him about it. So since he brought it up, I've been looking into my Enneagram and yeah, like I said, we'll just kind of talk about it every once in a while and the conversations are, are really interesting. I love diving into it. So if you're unfamiliar with the Enneagram and all this information I'll be sharing, of course, is both from my mind and also from the Enneagram Institute website. That's the website I base a lot of this info off of if you want to head over there and do your own research. But the Enneagram is essentially nine personality types. So you may have heard someone say, oh, I'm a two or I'm an eight with wing seven. That is their Enneagram number or their Enneagram type. So the Enneagram is nine personality types. You can be one through nine. All of them are equal. Like it's not better to be a nine versus a one. Uh, They're just the different types, right? You could, it could be instead of numbers, it could be A, B, C, D, etc. But in this case, it's just one through nine. And they say you can find yourself in all nine, right? Like I might see, look at a three and say, oh, I see myself in a three, but I also see myself in a four and a five. They say that's okay, but really one type should be your primary. You should have a dominant type and that is your type. Uh, So I know sometimes people really struggle with, oh, I, I think I'm a seven, but I'm also a six. Sometimes I'm a three and really your Enneagram should just be one number. That's what the system is. That's what this philosophy is, is that you have that one dominant personality type. And with that being said, you are constantly fluctuating, right? Everyone isn't the same person every single minute of every single day. So sometimes within your number, the descriptions or characteristics or traits won't apply. Sometimes they'll apply even more than they did yesterday. So it is, of course, a a scale. It's a spectrum. Just because you're a certain number doesn't mean you're those traits every single day, every single hour, every single minute. And the numbers, just if you're curious, so each number is kind of assigned this name uh, just to summarize the number. These names fluctuate or, or vary depending on what website you're on, but they really all mean the same thing. Like even if they don't use the same name for a one, for example, I'm pretty sure the two words would be synonyms, right? They're very similar. Um, so based on that Enneagram Institute website, a one is a reformer, two is a helper, three, achiever, four, individualist, five, investigator, six, loyalist, seven, enthusiast, eight, challenger, nine, peacemaker. So those are the nine personality types. And the way you can find out your type, you can take a free quiz online. You can pay for the one. I think there's a paid one on the Enneagram Institute. I've only ever taken free ones um, and I've gotten the same answer every time and we'll dive into mine in a little bit. But I just take a free test online. Just Google it. There's plenty out there. And so besides those nine types, you can also search I know this is not a visual podcast, but if you search Enneagram and go to Google Images, it'll show you this diagram. It's like a circle with the numbers all around that circle and then lines between them. So they split that circle up into three sections. You have the instinctive or the people who lead with their gut, feeling or people who lead with their heart, and thinking people who lead with their head. 
So the gut people, the instinctive types are eight, nine, and one. The heart types, the people who lead with their feeling, are two, three, and four. And the head, the people who like to think through things, are five, six, and seven. So it's interesting that Enneagram isn't just your your one type. It's not just the nine types. It also dives into this sort of diagram of gut, heart, and head and how it's hard to describe without looking at it, but it's how like whatever type you are, it's linked to two other types. So for example, I'm a one, which leads with your gut, but I also have a number I'm linked to in the heart and the head. And depending on if I'm in a stress state or growth state, I go to those other numbers. Um, And we'll dive into that more. (laughs) But it's interesting because it's not just the types. It's not just the nine types. It dives way more into that. So you have your nine types. You have those three things you lead with, gut, heart, or head. And then you can also have a wing. So this is kind of a mix of types, right? Because they know that you're supposed to have that one dominant type, but you also might be a little bit of another one. So your wing is usually one of the two types adjacent to it would be your wing. So my wing, since I'm a one, would either be one wing nine or one wing two. And that's like kind of what you lean towards what side. So that you can also find out with the test. Um, Again, I, I think it took a free one and it showed me what wing I was more dominant in. So that's a little bit about Enneagram. Um, I know it can be, get kind of philosophical, you know, it's it's kind of based in science, kind of not. So uh, curious what, what your guys' feelings are on it. And I did do a series of polls on my Instagram, which again, we'll, we'll end this episode with that. But I really like it. I think it's cool. You know, granted, I don't dive super into it. It's not like I live my life by, by being a one. <laughs> but when reading the description, I, I personally think it's extremely accurate. So I wanted to dive just a little bit into the history of the Enneagram. I didn't do too much research into this, but just thought it was interesting that this guy named Oscar Ichazo, I might be pronouncing his last name wrong, but Oscar, he's the one who put the system together. And it was kind of passed between people, right? Like, I don't think he actually put the name Enneagram around it, but he is the originator of this system. And he was born in Bolivia, raised there, also raised in Peru, moved to Argentina, moved to South America, and then eventually moved to the United States. So he's kind of a world traveler. And amongst his travels, he created the Arica School. Again, might be mispronouncing that. Um, And he created the school in the late 1960s, early 70s. And that's really where this Enneagram system came about. And he taught his teachings, taught his philosophies to others who then took it on, evolved it, etc. And he actually, Oscar, passed away in 2020. So just recently in the United States. So kind of a newer system, right? I don't think it's something that was created back in the 1600s or earlier. Um, But I think a lot of Oscar's learnings are based on those older philosophies. Um, And then he was led to create this Enneagram system. So like I mentioned before, my Enneagram, I am a one. And I've taken the quizzes several times over the years. And I always end up with one. And I really do try to take those quizzes as, you know, just 
unbiased, just answer the questions as honestly as possible. And I think that's really important when you take those quizzes are you can't answer how you think you should be or want to be or how you think others want you to be. You have to answer it 100% truthfully and just how you are in that moment. So with that, I'm a one, always have been a one. And it's just funny when you read the one description, it's just so accurate. So ones are the rational, idealistic type. Again, this info is from that Enneagram Institute website, and they have a ton more information on that website than I'm going to read to you now. I'm just kind of giving you the summary. Ones are principled, purposeful, self-controlled, perfectionist, Yes, that is totally me. I am 100% perfectionist. Always have been. Uh, my grandmother used to call me Miss P, Miss Perfectionist, <laughs> even when I was really little. Um, I think I'm a two wing, so that makes me the advocate. I think a one wing nine is the idealist, I think. But one wing two is the advocate. So that's me, I think. Um, and, you know, based on my Enneagram type, I want to be right, I strive to improve everything, and I want to move beyond criticism. <laughs> I'm laughing just because it's just, it's just so true. Um, when I'm in a stress state, I can be moody and irrational. It's kind of my way or the highway, what you think is wrong. I'm very closed off to others' opinions, which again is very true. And when I'm in a growth state, I can be spontaneous and joyful, which I also think is very true. I have a strong sense of purpose. I need to justify my actions to others and to myself. So I'm constantly like thinking through my actions. What's the result going to be? How are others going to perceive it? Again, very, very true. Um, and I spend a lot of time thinking about the consequences of actions. Uh, I might persuade myself that I'm a head type, but I'm actually that gut type, right? I'm looking for that instinctive feeling, which is really interesting because when my coworker first showed me that circle, I was like, oh, of course I'm head, but I'm not. I'm actually the one falls into the gut. So it was funny to read that line that ones persuade themselves that they're head types, but they're actually looking for feeling. So that got deep. <laughs> and on that website, they also give just some brief like growth recommendations based on your type. So they say, I should learn to relax, recognize attacks on my ego. So don't get so angry with people, you know, watch out when I do become closed minded and kind of take on that my way or the highway attitude. They encourage me to get in touch with my feelings and my Achilles heel is my self-righteous anger. <laughs> so uh, it was Again, funny to read that description because it was saying, you know, you might be so angry at something or think, you know, something that someone did is so wrong. But really, if you take a step back, how much does that actually affect you? Like, even if it is wrong, does it really affect you to a point where you should be feeling these feelings? And gosh, I it's just so true. I've experienced that so many times where I have to take a step back and be like, why do you actually care this much? Like, check yourself. So I personally really believe in the Enneagram. Again, I think it's fascinating to have these discussions with others and how, how they perceive you too. Actually, one of my other coworkers was saying it'd be so interesting to see what number others would place you in versus what number you actually are. That actually sounds kind of scary to me <laughs> to know exactly how others perceive me. Um, but I, I personally think I'm a one through and through. And it really has helped me. Uh, just reading through 
you know, what I am when I'm in that growth mindset versus kind of that fixed mindset going back to our growth versus fix episode that I did a couple episodes back. But when I'm in that that growth stage, it it's good. Everything works out. I'm happy. I'm positive. And knowing what I'm, I can be like in my fixed mindset stage and my stress stage has actually really helped me recognize when I'm feeling I'm getting to that point. Um, so for example, right, these past couple of weeks, I started to feel myself getting more and more burned out. And I know when I get really burned out, I do become that it's my opinion that matters the most. No one else's matters. I'm right. Everyone else is wrong. And it sucks being in that headspace, but that's what burnout leads me to. So that's why I took these two days off just to kind of reset and avoid that. Um, so knowing the descriptions of the Enneagram, it just kind of helped me put into words things that I felt my whole life and be able to look out for those things. And especially, like, I wish I had dove into this earlier this year, um, just when we were working from home for a year. It was really hard because you just sit with your feelings alone in your home office. And that was really hard for me. I was actually in a really bad headspace in regard to work. Um, and I'm out of that now, thank goodness. But looking back, I was definitely in that stress stage where it's just getting so angry about these things that I didn't agree with, but getting angry to the point where it's just making me feel sad and it's it's affecting my emotions. Um, so I wish I had known, really dug into my type back then. So I think it would have helped me recognize, okay, take a step back. This is your your bad one showing. <laughs> and, and we can take a step back and kind of reevaluate. So just going into that a little bit more, how we try to use Enneagram at work uh, that website, and I think there's another website too, forgetting the name of it. I think it starts with a C. I'll see if I can remember it. But uh, there's a website that shows relationships between Enneagrams. So for example, I'm a one, my boss or my direct manager's a three who I work with often. And so it's cool to look at the relationships between a one and a three, for example. You can look at your Enneagrams together and it'll show how you work well together. And then it'll also show what to look out for, like when your relationship can become toxic or unhealthy. Some of the websites, I think most of them base it off of like a personal relationship, like friendship or romantic relationship. But if you just read it in a way that you can apply it to a working relationship, it's it's the same thing. You just have to read it a little, a little differently. Um, but I think it's really helpful when you're working on a project with someone. I I'm on two main projects right now with two different coworkers. And I looked at our Enneagram relationships. Again, it's helping me just to know, okay, you know, this one project's really complex. So I need to watch out for me getting stressed and not appreciating my coworkers' opinions or differing opinions. And it's helped me look out for that. And it's reminding me to continue to be open-minded. And the my boss and I's Enneagram relationship you know, when it's good, it's like really great. Like you can get so much work done. It's like one of the best pairings. But if it becomes unhealthy or toxic, like I could view him as a workaholic or not dedicated enough and he could view me as closed-minded. So it's just helpful to know, okay, am I just stressed right now? Am I feeling these things just because that's my go-to or do I actually feel that way? So as I said before, I think just knowing and reading through some of those Enneagram descriptions really just helps me take a step back. It almost pulls me out of the emotions and my own thoughts and brings me to this, this third-party research, this third-party description that I can then 
use to my advantage and use to move on. So that's how we use it at work. We're still exploring it, of course. I'm trying to get <laughs> my coworker, who I mentioned, Jeremy, on the podcast so he can share his thoughts as well. Maybe this episode will will convince him, hopefully, because he, he has some great thoughts on it. But yeah, I encourage you, you know, to use it at your job. I think if you're a small business owner and you have a co-founder or co-owner with you, like take a look at your Enneagrams. What, your, what is your relationship like? Or if you're hiring someone to work with you, like, what's their Enneagram? How would you work well together? How would you work not well together? I, I just think it's, it's just interesting to look at. Again, it's not like only hire someone based on their Enneagram. Of course not. But just another cool extra piece of information that can kind of help you quickly learn someone a little bit better versus not having it. And on my Instagram, I asked a few questions uh, and the results I thought were interesting. So I asked, do you know your Enneagram? 50% said yes, 50% said no. Um, and I do know Enneagram's kind of that wishy-washy topic, right? Some people are really into it. Some people are like, and eh, no. Like Nathan is like, no, I do not care what my Enneagram is and I don't really believe in it, which is fine. Um, I asked, do you think your Enneagram is accurate? And 100% people said yes. So that's that's good to hear. Uh, does knowing your Enneagram influence your life? 90% said yes, 10% said no. I wonder if that... 10% have been convinced after listening to this how it can affect your life. Uh, or if it doesn't, that's okay too. Um, I said, what's your Enneagram? Like, do you have any stories around it? You know, we of course had a variety of answers like one, two, seven wing eight, another two, another six. And someone said, I'm such a strong six that people laugh when I tell them, which is funny because if you do know the Enneagram types, which I really only know mine I know what a three is. I, I need to do more research into the other types, but I really know mine. But uh, for example, Jeremy, again, my coworker, he knows them pretty well where he can be like, oh, I think that person's this. He can kind of guess what people are really accurately. And if you really know the Enneagrams and people tell you what number they are, you can be like, oh, you know, I kind of understand you a little bit more than if I if you didn't tell me your type. So that's my that's my spiel on Enneagrams. As always, would love to hear your thoughts in the comments. Leave a review with your thoughts on this episode. Do you believe in the Enneagram? What is your Enneagram? Are my fellow ones out there? <laughs> would love to hear from you, uh, my my ones. But yeah, explore the Enneagram a little bit if you haven't yet. See see if you like it. See if it influences your life in any way. See if you can benefit from it. Um, but as always, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope I kept you occupied for about 30 minutes here and I will see you all next week. Thank you all. <laughs> <laughs>